0: Hallelujah. If you got your Bible, why don't you open up to Ephesians chapter 1 with me. I like to start in this scripture a lot. And uh, how many of you know it's what we say from the Word of God that's going to be important? Hallelujah. I just, uh, so much of uh, what what, uh, we've been taught where God placed us in our part of the body of Christ was what does the Word say about it? You know, there's a lot of opinions. My opinion won't help you at all. Uh, my opinion doesn't help me very much, just to be honest with you about it, <laughs> unless it agrees with God's Word. What does God's Word say about the situation? You know, in Romans uh, chapter 3, it says, let God be true, and every man a liar. And I, I always, when thinking about that, even Tad, let God be true. If I've got thoughts, ideas, ways of doing things that are contrary to God's Word, then I'm living the lie. I'm believing the lie. I've got to change to conform to God's Word. So we put God's Word first place in every area. Here in Ephesians chapter 1, I like to start with this because I am believing God for revelation today. How about you? Yeah. And so in chapter 1, verse 17, this beginning of this great prayer, the Apostle Paul says that he prays for the church at Ephesus. And actually the book, the book of Ephesians really wasn't, it was passed through Ephesus. But it really wasn't even, that to the church at Ephesus wasn't in the original manuscript. It's to the saints and the faithful. How many saints and faithful we got in here today? If you're born again, you're a saint, whether you have lived that way or not. You know, a saint is not somebody who lived so long ago we forgot they ever did anything wrong. Right? A saint is someone whom God has sanctified through faith in Jesus Christ. And so it's written to us. So this prayer can be prayed for ourselves. We can pray it for ourselves. We can pray it. For any other Christian. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now there's so much more here. I just want to stop right there, though. We we today, let's believe God. Will you believe God with me? Spirit of wisdom, revelation in the knowledge of Him. All right. And in the the area that I wanna uh, I feel that the Lord is wants us to go this morning is in the area of did Jesus, okay, how many of you know Jesus by his stripes were healed? Amen. He provided physical healing through what in the Old Testament would be a, the atonement or through our redemption. Through his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. Uh, from the cross, Jesus uh, has provided for us physical healing. Amen? Amen? Amen. But so much in the, our society today, and I've been dealing with it with, with students and dealing with it with church members and just watching uh, around the world there's there's come a a movement to normalize having mental illness or mental anxiety or being depressed it's okay it's okay yes it's okay there's no condemnation all right but in looking at that i thought did jesus do anything in, his, in the redemptive plan, in his redemptive acts, did he do anything that covers that area of our life? Yes. Did he do something about our soul? Yes. Now, our soul, we're going to define soul as our mind, our will, the place where we make decisions, and our emotions. Now, how many of you realize if your mind is off, if your emotions are off, then the decisions you make are going to be off? Yes. Because that's where decisions are made, are in, in, in our will, our soul, so the soul and the spirit are connected together. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. But then it doesn't seem like the body wants to dominate most things. And then our emotions like to get involved. Amen. And so, you know, I've just started seeing, you know, even watching folks that I knew that were, that were ministers. I know that are, that are Bible school graduates and love God, uh, trying to push this narrative that it's okay it's okay to have uh, uh, depression. It's okay to have mental anxiety. It's okay to, for these things. And God knows that you're hurting. And, and these, but there never was a, 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 a place of freedom. It was how to cope with these things. Now, I don't know about you. I don't want to cope with sickness and disease. I want to be free from it. And I don't want to have to cope with depression and oppression. I want to be free from it. In other words, I want to live in what the Bible calls peace. Did Jesus do this? So, we want revelation concerning that today. So, I want to take us back to start with to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Oh, the Lord is good. Amen. And his mercy endures forever. That, that last song we just sang, I didn't ask him to sing any certain songs, but that last song that just came out that uh, Crystal Gale has put out here recently that has that line in it about being free. From any depression, any oppression. Glory to God. The name of Jesus. If I just knew about the name of Jesus, I'm not going to preach on the name of Jesus. If I just knew what the name of Jesus would do, I would know there's freedom yeah. in this area. There's freedom from emotional bondage. There's freedom from uh emotions that come from whatever has happened in life. You know, I'm gonna tell you something, life happens to everybody. Okay. We kind of sang about it in the other song. Do we believe the songs we sing or we just sing? I mean, we, we sang, what did we sing in that song? That the winds blew, but I made it through. Why? Because I built my house on the rock. I'm doing what the word says. But you know, I, some folks, I guess, they think when they become a Christian that they're never going to have any more problems. That's heaven. We're not there yet. Okay? We have, we're on this earth still. And we can have heaven on earth. Glory to God. All right, look here in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Luke 4, 18. Glory. We? The Spirit, Jesus, this is Jesus talking here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, right there, let's mark that in our mind. You don't have to, if you don't want to mark in your Bible, that's all right. Go buy a cheap one you can write in. But uh, send me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised. Two specific things here. Jesus was sent to heal the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted. That's that's the emotional side of your soul. That side that it gets wounded. I don't know, have any of you lived life that everybody in your life has been nice to you? I don't see anybody. Pastor Tom. <laughs> you know, you think about it, even if you were perfect, people aren't gonna like you. Jesus was perfect, and they crucified him, right? Because they didn't like him, they didn't recognize who he was. Not everybody's gonna recognize who you are, not everybody's gonna care who you are. But I can live above the emotional baggage. Of the broken heart. Amen. A lot of times, I've got a good friend named David Husky. He was at a minister's conference. You know David. You guys know David. David's kind of, he's a unique fella. But, God, but David was out at, uh, he's pastor of a church in New Mexico. He came out to Tulsa to go to a minister's conference. He got back home and his wife had left him. Didn't call him, was there? He got home, found a note. She left. She's gonna go. She's decided. You know, she she had. She was an outstanding singer. I heard. I heard some of. The, she they put out cassettes. They had testimonies of people that received healing listening to these. She got, She's now singing secularly. Decided she's gonna go make a career of this. Not singing. Doesn't want to be a Christian anymore. Blah blah blah. So he, he gets offended at her, obviously, but for, but most of all he got offended at God. God, you didn't tell me, you didn't show me this was going to happen, you didn't warn me, none of this. And you know where God took him? This scripture right here. Took him right here. I'm anointed to heal the brokenhearted. And so he started going around preaching a message on how to be free from being offended and brokenhearted. I talked to him, and he would, he, God gave him a certain day. He said he'd, he'd have people put it in their hands like this, and he said, just let it go to God. He had people, he had people after they did that, their blind eyes opened. Their, their crypt, they got out of wheelchairs totally well and healed. Great miracles took place when they released that brokenheartedness because Jesus came to heal us of it. Amen. Amen. He came to heal us. Then he says, then what's the next part there? He says, deliverance to the captive. That's your mind. That's your mind. Now we know from Hebrews, the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, we could look at that and say, well, now we know Jesus when he was on the earth. He did those things. But what about me today? Well, the forever part covers us, right? Amen. I mean, we're not, we weren't there yesterday, but we are here today and forever. So, Jesus, part of what Jesus came to do was to heal the brokenhearted and pre- preach deliverance to the captives. I didn't have this, but I, just, I think we should go to Hebrews chapter 11 here for just a minute. I want to talk about, about that, the, the brokenheartedness of the past. I didn't intend to go this way, but that's all right. Just so you know, I don't have any notes, so if you can sit there and make some notes, give them to me because I'd like to have notes. <laughs> We're just believing God, right? For spirit of wisdom and revelation. Hebrews 11. How many of you have heard about Abraham? You know, God came to Abraham and told him, get out. Leave your family, right? Get away from all of that. He, he obeyed pretty well, but he took his nephew with him. That caused him trouble later. The whole Sodom and Gomorrah incident, you know. But, uh, he had, uh, but uh, here, there's an interesting statement made, and I think this will really, really help us in looking at this. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, let's just start in verse, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, okay verse 13 says these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them far off were persuaded of them embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country in other words they didn't get it They, they they're seeking it but notice they died in faith if you're going to die die in faith all right But he said here that they were seeking. They didn't receive it. They knew it was it was theirs, but they didn't receive it. Now one of the reasons. Now they did receive some things on that side, but let me say this here. Just recently, Pastor Hagen was preaching a sermon on redemptive on redemptive realities, and I saw something I'd never seen before, and I started thinking about things in my own life. I don't, you know, I try to make things personal for me. You know, if I'm sitting and hearing some a message. You know, it's easy to sit there and think so-and-so needs to hear this. And, you know, sister, sister, that one needs to hear that one, you know, because, you know, I hope they're here today. Are they here today? Start looking around, you know, and you've missed, you've missed, you've missed all kinds of great things that just came out, right? Because you're looking, you know, you know, you might as well just stand up and go, you know, just, if you're going to be that, just just be honest about it, right? Own it. Just own it. (laughs) He was talking about that, and I talking about how that in Isaiah 53, and we're going to look at that in a minute, but that's looking forward to the cross. It's a promise. But when Peter said what he said, quoting Isaiah, he's looking back at the cross. It's no longer a promise. It's a biblical fact and truth. But if you're living, and so here's the thought that came. What side of the cross am I living on? Am I living on the promise, which is always someday? Or am I living on the fulfillment, the redemption, which is it's already done. Amen. Which side of the cross am I living on? Someday I hope. Even, even you know, I believe that when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be, well, well what's wrong with right now? Right. You see, you're still living on the promise, the future. Anything I put off to the future. Now, there are some things that we are. Heaven's promised, right? We're not there yet. We're not, we have eternal life in us, but we're not in eternity yet. Okay? Jesus is coming back again, right? He's not here, right? So that's something we're looking for. That's hope. That's hope. But but in all these other things, we can have faith. We don't have to hope for healing. We can have faith that we're well. We don't have to hope for salvation. We can have salvation. I don't hope to be redeemed. I am redeemed, right? And so, so uh, they're looking for something, but they died in faith, and they're seeking something. But look at verse fifteen. And truly. If they had been mindful of that, the King James adds the word country in there, but that from whence they came out, how many of you have come out of something? How many of you have come through something? All right. He said, had you been mindful of that, they might have had opportunity to have returned. What does that tell me? I cannot let anything of my past come back. I can't, and and the way I'd keep it out is I don't think about it. When that thought comes, I take it captive. When that thought of how that person did me wrong, I take that thought captive. Said, no, no, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. They didn't know what they did. I forgive them. Take that thought captive. Take that hurt captive. Don't be mindful of it. Yeah, I'm not saying deny it ever happened. I'm just saying don't let it have power in your life. All of us have had a past. All of us could, I mean, we could stay here for weeks and talk about all the things that happened in the past. But let's talk about what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen? Hallelujah. So go over there to Isaiah 53 then. What about our mental area? What about, is there healing for that? Is there healing available for all the psychosises that are in the world? You know, we've gotten, we used to, we used to, the, uh, the, uh, Used to call it being manic depressive, but we don't call it that anymore because that sounds mean. Now it's bipolar. And I hear people use use the term "I'm bi." They, everything. Would you uh, would you quit calling yourself what you don't want to be? Amen. Did you hear Tommy Pickens preach at camp meeting? He quoted Jerry Savell's daughter, who was talking about how that she she uh, uh, was talking, talking about you know confession and having what you say. And uh, she realized she was saying some things she didn't want to have. And so she made herself for a while. After, she, after she'd say something, she'd have to say, and that's exactly the way I want it. Whoa. Oh, I'm just so tired, and that's exactly the way I want it. Wow. I just, And so <laughs> that kind of stopped her. <laughs> that really, think about it. If we can have what we say, what are we saying? Okay. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, but I hear people say, oh, you know me, I'm just, I'm just OCD or I'm just this. Quit. Okay, just stay that way then. Be difficult for everybody else in the world to work with. Now, it's great that you're, it's great to, for people to be, have attention to detail and, and that kind of stuff. We need you in the body of Christ because so many don't know anything about details. Right? Amen. Any, any of you play sports, any of you played sports or ever watched a sport, let me see your hand. That's like asking people, anybody ever had children or been a child, you know, you kind of got to get everybody, but you know this, you've always got teammates, they never, they never remember the plays, they don't pay attention, you spent hours in practice on that inbounds play, unfortunately that person got in the game. For some reason, somebody fouled out or something. Now they're in the game. You're trying to run it. They don't know the play. No attention to detail. But you always had that one or two players on the team, especially in basketball, that would move people around, you know, and do that, do that type of thing. Well, that's great. We need that. But my wife says it this way, and bless her heart, she's so much smarter than me. Any strength taken to the extreme becomes a weakness. All right? All right? How about instead of saying, I'm OCD, he said, I've got gifts from God and I'm balanced. Amen? Just a thought. Did you find Isaiah 53? Let's start in verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him, and he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, so that means without a doubt, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Hallelujah. Uh, he was wounded, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Same word wounded, there is the word bruised. He was bruised or wounded for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now I want you to notice that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes where we he healed. Chastisement means the payment that was needed to obtain peace for us was upon him just as the stripes that were upon his back were, was the payment needed for us to obtain healing physically. This, he, he bore it at the same time. I like what Peter, you know, when Peter talked about uh, uh, by his stripes were healed, he started, first of all, he bore our sins, right? The same body. On the same tree. So at the same time that Jesus secured our physical well-being, he secured our mental and emotional well-being. The price was paid for it. Amen. Now, why don't, why don't these, these things automatically just happen to us once we begin, begin, uh, become born again or get saved or become a Christian? Well, we have an enemy. Now, I know a lot of Christians don't want to believe that there is an enemy, but we have an enemy. Right? Turn over to John 10. John chapter 10. You doing all right? Yeah. Now, in saying all this, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm against doctors, I'm not against therapists, I'm not against any of that. If somebody needs that and they need help, I gladly help them pay for it. If that'll help them get themselves where they can hear the Word of God and apply the Word of God in their life, right? Until, nothing wrong, you know, by Jesus stripes I'm healed, but, you know, uh, if you need to take an aspirin, take an aspirin. It's a whole lot easier to believe God when you're not in pain. That's a direct quote from Kenneth E. Hagan, Brother Hagan. He said that. All right? But here in John 10.10, the thief comes not, Who's the thief here? It's the devil, right? But for to steal and to kill and to destroy, I am come, the Lord Jesus, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's the zoe life of God. Life the way God has it. It's absolute life. There's no death in it. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I love that word abundantly. It means superior in quality and super abundant in quantity. That kind of life. Well, if we're living, if we're having mental torment, you know, you know, there's people that can't function. I'm talking about. Here's what I'm talking about mentally. I'm talking about when things start closing in. I'm talking about when it gets tight in your mind and you can't see any way out. And the only way out, you get so, so, so constricted by the thoughts and the different things that are coming. It's literally oppression. It's depression. When that coming. And you don't see any way out. You know people, they don't see any way out but to just end their life. They don't see any way out. They've got to get away from whatever. But when you're in that state, I'm talking about when that's happening, there is freedom from that. Amen. There is absolute freedom. Jesus paid the price, you know. There's no condemnation if you're there. If, that, if, if you're in that place right now and you've got things closing in on you, no condemnation. But I'm here to tell you today there's freedom for you. There's freedom for you. Amen? Freedom. Freedom. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. There's freedom. There's life available to you that's super abundant in quantity and of a superior quality. I mean, I'm talking about a quality of of life where you're just free. There's just free. You're not living in a constrained place. You're in a wide, glory to God. open doors my wife is happy in the wide open stay inside I mean that's what we do (laughs) (laughs) amen Amen. (laughs) it's taken almost 34 and a half years to learn that but that's what we do (laughs) amen I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly I've been trying to let me flip this over I'm going to flip this over to uh the Amplified Classic, because I want to read, let's read some things that Jesus said. Let's go to the Gospel of John here. We are there in, let's see, go to chapter 16. I'm sorry, go to 15 first. Could you go to 15 first? John 15, verse 27. Did I say 15? Mark that out. 14. <laughs> I tell students at Raven, don't mark it, don't write the scripture down until we actually turn to it and read it. If you're taking notes, because sometimes I know where it is about what side of the page it's on. Well, if I ever have a different Bible with me, I'm in trouble sometimes. I gotta have the help. Alright, verse 27. John 14, 27. Let me read it from the King James Bible, and then we'll read it from the Amplified Bible. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. All right? Now, look at this. Then the Amplified says, Peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now, that's pretty much what the King James says. Let's just stop and look at that for a moment. Notice he tells us. He tells me not to let my heart be troubled. He tells me, all right, not to let it be afraid. Now look what the Amplified said. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. So when things of life try to come against me that want to make me agitated, I have to say, no, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. And so we said, don't stop allowing yourselves to be agitated. Right, right. Now, for me, I'm going to tell you right now, I had to turn off the news. I had to turn it off. Now, my wife likes to listen to it while she's getting ready in the morning. Basically, she wants to hear the weather. But that's not, that TV doesn't get just the weather channel, so you got to listen to local weather. And if she sees me coming, she'll go turn it off. Because, I don't know, I, I guess sometimes I think those people can actually hear me. <laughs> like, you know, when I watch sports on TV. You know, especially, now I grew up, I grew up uh, 80 miles north of St. Louis, so I was a St. Louis Cardinals fan. It had been all my life. And, uh, hey. <laughs> well, Jim knows, listen, if the Cardinals hadn't fired Joe Torre, what would have happened? To your Yankees. And I think we just swept you just a couple of weeks ago, but that's just another. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I was watching in 96 when he, when he did what he did. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got to give it to the Yankees. They are, they are a dynasty. There's, if there's one in baseball, that's it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. But I'm trying, to, yeah, I'm trying to recover from that. But what I was, I'll sit there and I'll watch games and I'm yelling, you know, just basic stuff that we all learn. You know, I can't stand, these guys that won't run out ground balls, they won't, you know, just do the simple things. I'm just like, I don't understand this. You know, you're getting, you know, just listen, you know, but it's, uh, they don't, they're not listening to me. But so sometimes I have to turn the TV off because I'm getting agitated, but I, I can't, I can't afford I'm finding this out. You know, like I said, I'm not old. I'm 61. I'm I'm just in the prime of my life. I'm just right where I can get things done better than I've ever done before. But I can't allow agitation. I don't have time to be agitated. I don't have time to live a disturbed life. Now, it's up to me. The devil's going to agitate and kind of try to disturb, and he's going to use people to do it, people I go to church with. People I work with. People I live with. <laughs> ah. That's why I think Jesus, I think the Bible says, the judgment begins at the house of God. How about at my own house? For me. All right. Then he goes on to say, do not permit yourselves to be fearful. I have to say, no fear, you're not permitted. You're not permitted. Now, listen, we got exposed in 2020. The church got exposed. The word of faith church got exposed. We took the world's fear. What do you mean? We got afraid of a sickness. We got afraid to die. When you show me in the Bible where it says a Christian should be afraid to die. First of all, now I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> We're not in a hurry, right? But to be afraid, and, and so the fear. All right, I'm talking about the fear of people that have been members of Raymond Bible Church for 25, 30 years. They wouldn't come. They're afraid. We got to look at. I'm, I'm talking about being honest. Let's look at ourselves in the mirror and let's say, okay, let's be honest. Did we allow fear? A large part did. First, but, but the other idea is, I'm by Jesus' stripes. I'm healed. So. Is this a sickness? Is this a disease? Yes. Well, I'm healed from it. Jesus paid the price for it. Do I really believe it? Now, listen, I'm not saying if you have to wear a mask, then you put it on. I'm not saying not do that. Okay. I got the vaccination because I didn't want God to tell me to go somewhere in the world and I couldn't go because I wasn't vaccinated. But when I did it, I did it in faith. I'll have no ill side side effects, no long-lasting effects. Amen. 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 Now, I have, other, I have other friends in faith. They didn't get it. That's fine. Amen. It's like Romans 14 answers that whole thing. If you want to eat meat, eat it. If you don't want to eat meat, eat, don't do that. But don't judge your brother over it. Amen. Amen. But the last two and a half years, we lived agitated, disturbed, fearful, intimidated, and cowardly. Not everybody, but you understand, These things have come to the forefront, and they're going to continue. As long as the devil thinks he can get away with it. you, he's going to keep coming after you. And then once you've defeated him, if you're done, he's going to wait a while, then he's going to come back again. He's not going to leave you alone. So these things are going to constantly come our way. Agitation, disturbedness, fear, going to constantly come our way. All right, now go to chapter 16. I got good news for you. You ready? Are you ready? Can you handle this? Hallelujah. I think you can. Here in in chapter 16. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to read it from the King James, verse 33. These things I've spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now listen, listen and Amplified. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you'll have tribulation. How many of you are still here? All right. I would have you pinch your neighbor, but that gets out of hand sometimes. <laughs> But you're still here. We're still here. So while we're here, we're going to have tribulation. You're not going to get so much faith that you're never going to have tribulation. And trials, and distress, and, dis- and frustration, as he said. Any of you ever get frustrated? Anybody get frustrated on your drive here this morning? Amen. But, be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, and undaunted. You know, that's... Do you remember in Joshua 1, one of the big things there was sure, you know, uh, meditate the Word. But, but more than that, he told him to have courage, yeah. to have courage. When I went to Bible school, uh, I was 21, just out of college, and uh, went to Bible school at 21. I graduated, I was 23 years old. And back, that was the early days. I was in the 10th graduating class here. And this year would be 49, and next year, of course, 2024 would be the 50th class at Ramah. I was in the 10th class and there was just a, I don't know if we were dumb or what, but don't ever tell us we couldn't do anything. That bunch had courage. That early bunch had courage. We had graduates in that early bunch those first 10 years. They bought one-way tickets to foreign countries, and only, when they got there, they only had $20 in their pocket and didn't know anybody when they got there. That takes courage. And I remember when I got back to Raymond, started working there in 2001, I got students coming to talk to me about, you know, they, after they graduate from Raymond, then they want to go somewhere where they can be ministered for five years, and then they want to wait another, you know, I'm like, I started noticing with students, and it wasn't because that's bad, it's because they wanted that because they were afraid. There was no courage. So I asked the Lord about it, he said, the only way to get courage is you got to do exactly what I did to Joshua, you got to preach it to him. You got to preach courage to people. Faith takes courage. Faith is stepping out over the aching void with nothing under your feet but the Word of God. Faith. I and mean, we think Indiana Jones had faith there, you know, when he <laughs> stepped out. But that's, you know, that's a movie. It's really like doing that. And you don't have anything but the, wor- prom- or the Word of God that says it's yours, and you step out anyway. Oh, my goodness. Now, look at this next part. He said, I've overcome the no- I have deprived it. Of power to harm you and have conquered it for you we're fighting a battle that's already been won we've already got the victory so instead of struggling let's just rest in the victory now how do you do that how do we rest in it through faith we take part of what God has done through faith we believe it in our heart and we say it out of our mouth is the action of faith and we live as if it's true Exactly, it is true. Let God be true. Let his word be true. Everything else a lie. Let the, let the frustration, the trial, the tribulation, the distress, let that be the lie. Because I have perfect peace. I have peace that comes from God. I have, oh, I have a conquered peace. I have, a, I have overcome because the power of all that other stuff has been deprived because of what Jesus has done. Amen. Not about me. It's not about what I've done. I just receive it. Amen. Amen? Amen? And you know, everything that Jesus has done for us is received the same way. Amen. You believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth, and you shall be saved. Amen. The word save encompasses all that Jesus did. Amen. You shall be saved. You shall be distress-free. You shall be healed. I'm not that distress isn't coming. You say, well, what about sickness and disease? It's going to try to attach itself. Brother Hagin used to say, yeah, he'd talk about, you know, I've lived in, at the time I was at school, he said, I've lived in 50-some years of divine health, haven't had any sickness. He said, now I've passed up a lot of opportunities to be sick. <laughs> we always stood on the Word of God, always stood on the Word of God. And a matter, sometimes, you know, you've got to listen to what he said. He said, sometimes it would take a matter of, you know, a few minutes, an hour, sometimes instantaneous, but never more than just an hour or two, I'm totally well, totally healed. He said, it tried to come on me. It's going to try, all these things are going to try to come on you. Now, if you are struggling with any of these things right now, I'm here to tell you, I got good news. There's no condemnation. No condemnation. Just like if you were sick in your body, Amen. right? Sick in your body. What are we is our, we believe there's healing for you, right? If you're struggling in this area, you're struggling with the wor- world and all these things crashing in around you. All the things, you know, during this time... During the, this pandemic, people lost their jobs. People lost, you know, things. And, you know, you might be struggling under the weight of all of this. I'm telling you, there is, there is instantaneous freedom and in deliverance from that. And then you walk this out. You don't allow it to come. When it pump comes up, you don't allow it. The Bible says uh, that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on God. Keep your mind stayed on God. Keep it focusing in now wait a minute wait a minute what's God's word say about this what's God's word say about this when that thought comes you're not going to make it you're not going to be able to pay your bills you know you're not looking they're, they're laying everybody off you're going to be next when that thought comes that I don't care when they when I got this job I was looking for one this job's not my source thank God my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and as long as Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God my needs are going to be met Amen. amen You have to come at that. You have to say what the word says about the situation. That's it. But I'm telling you, today, right now, right now, there's freedom. Just like there's freedom for your physical body if you're healed. Why? Because the life of God has been made available to each and every one of us through what Jesus Christ has done. Amen. one more place, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And then I want to minister to you you if you want to receive today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Moses, it's contrasting the glory that was on Moses on the mountain with the glory that's in us now as the church. You remember when Moses came down from the mountain, they couldn't look at him? His face was shining so bright. And they said, put a veil over your face. We can't can't even look at you. You're so bright. And the Bible says in chapter 3 that that was the ministry of death because the law couldn't make anybody alive. It just pointed out we were dead. He said, if that was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry of the Spirit? But look what he says here in verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now look at this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What treasure? That glory. It's in you. You Christian, if you're a Christian this morning, that glory's in you. It's in this earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. It's not our power. It's God's power. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Any talking about what we just got through talking about. He just sums it right up there. All those things that come against me, but when it comes, I'm not, I'm not living according to it. I'm living according to that glory that's in me always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Not when we get to heaven, now, now, the life of God in us. So then death works in us, but life in you. Verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith, According as, as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Right here today, we have authority in the name of Jesus over every sickness, over every disease that you might be dealing with. Over every mental anguish and torment, over a broken heart, we've got authority over it today. That's right. Amen?